0: Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Or listening via the live stream on ESPNTucson.com. We do appreciate you tuning in here every single weekday from 7 to 9 as Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Also, check out the, uh, the podcast, although we've been having some troubles with the the podcast and uh, getting it up in time. And I know we've been having some troubles. And thank you guys for uh, sending us the messages and stuff about the FM, uh, the FM signal being down a little bit. We are working on that. We got the engineers working on that right now and uh, trying to get that fixed for you guys. But uh, so we, we appreciate you guys staying here right here on ESPN Tucson for Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Check out NFL Cover 2, covering the latest NFL news every weekday with Spears and Ali. It's brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing in Arizona. All right, let's do it. The Friday Five, as we promise every single Friday here at 8 a.m., the uh, the first segment of the 8 o'clock hour. It's my five picks in college football, the five games that I want to feature Including my picks, either against the spread or sometimes I'll just go with the over/under because uh, I don't like the spread. But there, there's some things that are that are more, you know, I, I guess uh, more of a, a a flavor for me, if you will. We begin with a big game that's going on at a neutral site: Notre Dame and Wisconsin, the number 12 Fighting Irish taking on the number 18 ranked Wisconsin Badgers. This game is being taken place at Soldier Field, and for some reason. Wisconsin's favored by six points in this game. I don't know what Wisconsin has shown the odds makers so far to believe that they would be a six point favorite in this game. Um, They haven't really shown any kind of explosive offense. Um, The defense has been really, really good, but in order to win by six points, you have to be able to score points. You can't just beat a team seven to nothing and cover the spread. This is a really difficult game for me to kind of wrap my brain around this particular line. Now, There's no history between these two schools, at least not recently, uh, to speak of, because this is the first time these two schools are meeting since 1964. And it's the first time they've met on a neutral site since 1929. Now, there may be a little bit of a revenge factor involved here, as Notre Dame quarterback Jack Cohen spent his first three years at Wisconsin under Paul Crist, only to be shown the door in favor of Graham Mertz this season. Uh, So there's a bit of a revenge factor here. As I mentioned, Wisconsin lacks... Real explosive power on offense. And I know that Notre Dame has had struggles with the teams that they've played so far this year. They barely beat, and by many people's account, should not have beaten Florida State in the opener in Tallahassee in one wild game where Mike Norvell essentially froze his own kicker in overtime, causing him to miss a a, a field goal, a go-ahead field goal, which could have changed the outcome of that game. Notre Dame struggled against the likes of Toledo, uh, Jack Cohen completed only 56% of his passes against Toledo and Purdue. And it took him a while to put away Purdue, who I actually picked Purdue to win that game straight up. I was obviously wrong. Notre Dame's defense really showed up and played extremely well, and I felt like uh, I felt like Brian Kelly outcoached Jeff Brom in that particular game. Now, even though they've not been impressive, their defense has. And in order for Wisconsin to win this game by six or more points, they would have in some places it's it's six and a half. Some places there's a hook, which is even better. If you can get that hook, uh, then I say go for it. But I love Notre Dame in this game to cover, and I think the wrong team is favored. I like the Irish 24-21 at Soldier Field. Uh, so it give me Notre Dame plus six in that particular pick. The next game we have is our only other game featuring two ranked teams, and this game also. On a, on a neutral field. They're going to be playing at the AT&T Stadium in Arlington. It's the number seven Texas A&M Aggies taking on the number 16 and one of the more surprising teams in the country, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, now, you look at this game right now, like kind of on, on the surface, and you see uh, a couple of teams that, uh, you know, have, have played somewhat in the past. A&M is going to be without, or they have been without, I should say, two of their starting offensive linemen, and it's shown. They did not perform well in their previous games this season. Obviously, barely getting out of Boulder with a win against a really, really bad Colorado team. And offensively, they just haven't looked crisp. Well, they should be getting those offensive linemen back this week, and it's a good thing because the Arkansas Razorbacks are one of the best defenses in the country in playing in the opponent's backfield. They're averaging 7.7 tackles for loss per game, and they had 10 versus their upset uh, in their upset win over Texas when they beat Texas 40 to 21 just a couple of weeks ago. Now, A&M does have the number 1 pass defense in the country, granted, it was against the likes of Kent State, Colorado, and New Mexico. I'm not exactly sure what we're getting out of either of these teams because I think Texas A&M has been surprisingly bad and Arkansas has been surprisingly good. But Texas A&M is favored only by five points in this game in a neutral site game in Arlington. And I like Arkansas to cover the spread. I think Texas A&M will win the game. I think it's going to be a weird kind of like there's going to be a play in the game. Look, Arkansas is one of those schools. And, look, I have friends who are Arkansas fans, Arkansas alum. They understand that it's a painful thing to be an Arkansas Razorbacks football fan. Just when you think that they've got things figured out, they snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and I think that may come into play this weekend. Just a just a, a trend of, you know, like, well, you know, if we're going to fumble on the goal line, it's going to happen in a big game like this, and it could very well happen. So I like Texas A&M 26, Arkansas 24, but I do like Arkansas to cover that five-and-a-half point spread or five-point spread, depending on which you can get it. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, I don't think either of these offenses are really going to get off in this game, so I like a lower-scoring game. Uh, and I do like Texan M to win, but I like Arkansas to cover that spread. I think it's just a little bit too wide of a spread for my taste, especially the way Arkansas plays in the backfield. They've been really good this year in uh, creating negative plays for teams, and I think that will continue. The what many people believe is the best game in the Pac 12 this weekend. You've got the number twenty four UCLA Bruins licking their wounds heading up the, uh, up the coast into Palo Alto, where they're taking on the Cardinal who were, uh, you know, obviously having themselves quite an interesting roller coaster of a season as they lose in the opener and basically barely even showed up in their game against Kansas State. And then they turn around and beat USC like a drum, getting Clay Helton fired. And then, of course, just absolutely destroyed the Commodores in the Nerd Bowl last week against Vanderbilt down in Nashville. Now, you really can't glean a whole lot from that, but Stanford is 2-1, and one, same as UCLA. UCLA, of course, coming off of the big win two weeks ago against LSU. I watched the replay of the LSU-Central Michigan game last night. Wasn't really impressed with LSU, but nonetheless, I think they went a little overconfident into the Rose Bowl, and uh, UCLA jumped up, seized the opportunity, bit him, and beat him. This particular game, Now, the Bruins, when you look at history, because you can look at history now that we're talking about conference games, the Bruins have lost 12 of their last 13 games versus Stanford. It has not been a good run over the last decade and a half for UCLA against the Cardinal. They've lost 12 of their last 13, and they're 2-11 against the spread in those games. Now, Stanford in this game, we're not exactly sure kind of what they are. They've had some success in the passing game. Tanner McKee took over as a full-time quarterback after the debacle that happened against Kansas State, and now he's hitting on 71% of his throws. They're averaging over eight yards per pass, and they've scored five touchdowns and no interceptions. So um, he's been very, very good in the passing game. Uh, Jake Hayner went off against UCLA. LSU, I thought, threw the ball well against, against UCLA, just couldn't get it really in the end zone when it mattered. UCLA's pass defense has not been very good. They've had some wide-open spaces, and I think even though a lot of people believe that Stanford is a put-you-in-a-phone-booth-and-beat-you-up kind of thing, this Stanford, this iteration of the Stanford offense, they've gone four-wide plenty of times. They've spread the field, and they do have wide receivers capable of going out there and catching the football. And as I mentioned, Tanner McKee has been really, really good uh, so far since taking over as the starting quarterback for Stanford. Now, on the other side of the ball, you've got DTR and we know what he brings. We know that he's not a, a very good throwing quarterback. We know that they're better when he's averaging less than 20, uh, 20 attempts per game. They've got a great running uh, running attack. However, Fresno State was able to scheme that. Fresno State put ten men in the box. They they basically played cover four is what they what they were playing against UCLA, and they said try to try to beat us over the top. We're gonna put four men. We're gonna put ten men in the box. We're gonna put everybody on the line of scrimmage. We're gonna make sure that we disrupt your timing and we're going to t- take you out of your run game. They took Zach Charbonnet out of the game, essentially. They took DTR's ability to uh, scramble out of missed plays and things like that and go off of schedule. I thought uh, I thought Fresno State had a really nice game plan for UCLA, and it's going to be the game plan moving forward for the Bruins because until DTR can prove that he can actually beat someone with his arm, teams are going to continue to challenge him in that way, and I think Stanford will do the same thing. David Shaw's a brilliant coach, and even though they don't match up Recruiting wise, talent wise, if you will, with UCLA, I believe that they'll have a great scheme in place to try to beat UCLA. Now, UCLA in this game on the road, four and a half point favorite. Um, I think UCLA will win the game. I think they kind of shake off the bugaboos. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. A lot of people are expecting this game to be, uh, you know, kind of a, a mid 50s kind of scoring game for both teams. In fact, the over-under is 58.5. The uh, the total in this game is 58.5. I like the over in the game. That's not my official pick. My official pick is Stanford plus 4.5, but I like UCLA straight up. I like UCLA to win this game 38-35, so 63 total points. There are 73 total points there, um, and I do like Stanford to cover. I think it's going to be a closer game than the 4.5 point spread indicates. Uh, I do like Stanford to uh, to kind of you know, score some. I, I think they'll, they'll get a few easy touchdowns in this game, in the passing game. Uh, and they don't make a whole lot of mistakes. So that's going to make for a close game. And I like Stanford to cover, UCLA to win. The fourth game that we have now, this one is. It, it features a darling earlier on in the season in Iowa State as they're traveling to Waco to take on the Bears of Baylor. Number 14 team in the country, Iowa State, is favored by seven in this game. Now, Iowa State, who was an early, early darling, they were a top 10 preseason-ranked team, have kind of stumbled out the blocks a little bit. They did not look great in their loss to Iowa. However, Iowa has proven that they are very, very good. Um, And they've started slowly on offense in basically all their games. However, their defense is absolutely elite. It is fantastic. Their opponents have averaged 194 yards per game. 194 yards per game. It's the second best defense in the country. 3.4 yards per play against Iowa State. Um, actually, I'm sorry, no. 194 is tops in the country. I think 196 is team two. Uh, 194 is the number one defense in the country. So my bad. My apologies to uh, Cyclones fans out there. Uh, 3.42 yards per, per play is number one in the country though uh, as they just stifle teams offensively. Uh, can't Teams are just unable to move the ball. Now, Baylor, on the other hand, also features a pretty good defense. What? What is this? Baylor with a defense? Yeah. Baylor currently fifth in the country on average yards per, uh, per game. They give up 227 yards per game and about 3.8 yards per play. So you've got two defenses here kind of clashing in this Big 12 matchup. So it's going to come down to, and what I think it is, it's going to come down to overall talent, which Iowa State has in droves over Baylor. And even though Baylor has looked like somewhat of a legitimate contender in the Big 12. They haven't really played much of anybody so far, and there's a reason why Iowa State is favored by 7 on the road. They are the better team, and I think that we'll see that play out. I think Iowa State still has a chance to be a top 10 team by the end of the season. Uh and like I said, even though Baylor is is looking like a team that could break into the top 25, they really haven't played anybody to, you know, to date, certainly not anyone of the caliber of Iowa State. And I think that the Cyclones go into Waco and beat up on the Baylor Bears. I like Iowa State 31, Baylor 21. So give me Iowa State minus the 7 in that particular game. And now we've come to the coin flip. All right? Now I've chosen two games here because I'm like, well, I don't know exactly who I want to uh, – uh, which game I want to pick. One is kind of a joke. The other one is um, a legitimate game. So here we go. I'm going to try to split this here tosses up okay it's tails (laughs) which is what i feared it would be okay let me tell you the game that we're not breaking down the game that we're not going to break down for you and pick is texas versus texas tech which sucks because i really want to talk about that game however the game that has won because of the tails never fails of course is kansas versus duke no, this is not basketball. Yes, I am going to try to pick a Kansas versus Duke football game as the <laughs> as the, uh, the Jayhawks. Oh, God. The Jayhawks go into North Carolina to take on the Blue Devils. Duke is favored by 16 in this game over the Charmin soft Kansas Jayhawks. Now, the Jayhawks... Um, have been able to come up with some takeaways so far this year. They're plus two in turnover margin on the season uh, because they've only given the ball up once, which is amazing for Kansas football. They might as well just go ahead and, uh, you know, erect a statue right now because, uh, you know, (laughs) if you only turn the ball over once in three games at Kansas, you're really making strides there. Um, They have, um, I guess you could say, an inkling of a passing game, and it could get hot at moments even though they struggled mightily against Baylor. I think Baylor's defense is is pretty good, pretty legit this year, though. Um, However, (laughs) still not a very good season. for. I can't believe I'm breaking this game down. Uh, Because, I mean, if this were basketball season, yes, we would be talking about this for sure, uh, Kansas versus Duke. But uh, we're doing football here. Now, the other side of the ball, uh, Duke, of course, you know, obviously under uh, David Cutcliffe uh, have been able to produce some good quarterbacks and some good offense. Now the 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 you know the 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 Duke Blue Devils in this particular uh this particular iteration of the Blue Devils are more of a rushing attack. Um they you know they hit 200 yards rushing in two of their first three games. They're 2 and 1 right now. And now you know it's not like Duke has completely changed their uh, their outlook on everything. They're still going to be throwing the football, but the fact that they've been able to run the football shows me that uh that they're they're starting to round out some things, and able to scheme their way into some things. So Duke, currently a 16-point favorite in this game. God, I don't even know. I mean, I guess I guess I have to pick against Kansas more than I'm picking for Duke. Is that is that what I'm going to do here? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's, pick, let's just pick against Kansas because we know they suck. Um, they'll find ways to lose this game by three touchdowns. I, I like Duke big. Give me give me Duke 45, Kansas 20 in this game. Duke 45, Kansas 20 in the battle for hardcourt supremacy amongst those two blue bloods uh, playing on the football field. It's not going to be pretty. Neither of these teams are any good. But uh, there we have it. Those are your <laughs> – that's your Friday five. I like Notre Dame plus six against Wisconsin. I like Arkansas plus five and a half against Texas A&M. I like Stanford plus four-and-a-half against UCLA. I like Iowa State minus seven against Baylor. And I like Duke minus 16 over Kansas. But we'll never know what my pick was for the Texas Tech-Texas game. If you want to find out, maybe tune in to uh, my Twitter account at UAZ Voice. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk some NFL, some big games coming up in week three plus my NFL lock of the week, which you will not want to miss, the pick that you can take to the bank. Ladies and gentlemen, that's coming up next. NFL is back, and it's week three, and FanDuel Sportsbook wants to get you the most out of every play. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every single week. If you use the same-game parlay, okay, go on to the SGP. There's a little tab for the same-game parlay for every single NFL game. Click it. The drop-down menu comes up. And there's all kinds of different plays for you to play with that same-game parlay. All you have to do is bet a three-leg SGP. Even if you don't win, you'll get your $10 back. So make a $10 bet on an SGP, get $10 back. And then if you win, they're always paying out really, really well. I love the local game this week. Uh, When I mean local, I mean Arizona traveling to Jacksonville, the local team. Cardinals, I think, are going to win big against jacksonville we'll talk about that coming up in just a bit plus i have some other plays in that game for you sgp searchers out there looking for some more legs to uh, ramp up your odds a little bit now FanDuel sportsbook there's plenty of reasons why it's the number one sportsbook in america it's safe and secure you got facial recognition on the app Um, it's easy to use there's payouts within 24 hours and I tell you I just I love cashing in those same game parlay bets it's a lot of fun because you get instant gratification and you can just watch them tick off you can watch green light green light green light and you're good to go if you're new to Fan uh, FanDuel Sportsbook you can claim your 30 to 1 odds on either team to win Monday Night's game Philadelphia and Dallas big game coming up on Monday night just sign up with my promo code dean and if your first bet loses you get up to $1000 back in site credit but make sure you use the promo code dean so that they know that I sent you 21 and over and present in Arizona. Refund issued is non-withdrawable. Site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same-day parlay is available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and on web. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 53342. NFL Week 3 breakdowns and picks are next right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Join ESPN Tucson for the Roadrunners Fan Fest Sunday, October 3rd from 9 to noon at the crossroads at Silverbell District Park in Marana. Join us at ESPN Tucson along with mascot Dusty from the Roadrunners. At this uh, family-friendly event, it's free. Uh, the admission is free with a non-perishable food donation. So bring those non-perishable food items to get in to the Fan Fest for free. And at the Fan Fest, you can enjoy food trucks. There's bounce houses, obstacle courses, face painters, yard games, a dunk a dunk tank, plenty of prizes and games, and all kinds of fun to be had at the event. For more information, go to espntucson.com and uh, enjoy a little time at Roadrunners Fan Fest. And what would be a probably a very beautiful day. An October day in uh, in Tucson. Always lovely. Let's talk about some NFL, shall we? Because we did some college talk. We talked plenty of the Pac-12. Talked Arizona-Oregon. We don't need to talk anymore about that. We'll talk plenty about that on Monday, I'm sure. So let's talk some NFL because it's a big weekend in the NFL, of course. Week three, a lot of teams that are 2-0 and looking to extend that lead to 3-0, the same way the Carolina Panthers did last night. And some other teams that are... Essentially fighting for their lives in their division, in the playoff race. And it's early, I know, but, man, it's uh, it's still feeling like things are very tense around the NFL. Now, if you're looking at some of the big games for this week, let's start with, I don't know, maybe, maybe the biggest one or probably going to be one of the more exciting ones, uh, that's for sure. That's the Chargers at the Chiefs, the L.A. Chargers. Heading to Kansas City to take on their AFC West division foe. I did it again. Their AFC West division foe. And it, this is basically a test to see if the Chargers can match up against the top team in the division, the top team in the conference for the last two seasons. Of course, with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chargers have looked pretty good uh, as far as you know, like their their matchup so far. We discussed what they did in Week One in the game against uh, against Washington, and then in Week Two, of course, they were able to you know take care of some business. And defensively, I think has been an interesting factor for the Chargers because you know they 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 bring in the uh, uh, they bring in the new uh, defensive coordinator, and they're able to they've been able to kind of work their way into some better defense. Uh, than we've seen out of the Los Angeles Chargers over the years. I mean I think they're I think most people would consider them legitimate contenders now. Um now that they are you know they're able to play some defense. We know that they're talented, especially on that side of the ball. Uh we know that. So how good are they? Well, we're gonna find out uh against the Chiefs on uh on Sunday. But that's a big game. Um you know it's you know, if, if you're looking for a game that's going to be entertaining, I really think you're going to see that. Um, you know, and then I think that you, you, when you're looking at individual matchups in that game, if you're looking for fun uh, matchups to watch, if you're somebody that likes the one-on-one type stuff, I think watching the play between Travis Kelsey, the spectacular tight end for Kansas City, and then, of course, the equally spectacular safety for the Los Angeles Chargers, Derwin James, who is – look, I've – I've touted this dude for a long time Uh, since he came out in the NFL draft. I thought he was one of the top three players in that draft, and he has just been spectacular. He's one of the best defensive players in the entire league. Uh, And he's had some success against Travis Kelsey in those games against Derwin James. Um, Now, I mentioned the Chargers defense. Of course, Brandon Staley, who came over from uh, from the Rams and – he has brought some, you know, some different intensity with him, to uh, you know, to this, to, the, to this football team. So, Chiefs are favored by seven in this game. I don't know if I would bet Kansas City to win that game by more than seven points. Um, I like the Chargers to kind of cover that spread. In fact, I, something's telling me that that the Chargers are going to play this one close. I think the Chargers' defense is up to the task, and Kansas City hasn't really sold me yet. They've been making some mistakes this year. The defense has not been good. And situationally, Justin Herbert has been really good on third downs. If you can continue to move the move the chains on third down and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, and if you can cash in some touchdowns in there, you're you know you're, you're cooking with Crisco, as they say. So um, I think that I, I don't know if the, I don't think the Chargers are game to win that uh, particular matchup yet, especially not in Kansas City. But I don't think Kansas City runs away with this one. So I kind of like the Chargers to cover that seven point spread. Another big game. This one bigger than I think it appears on the surface because it could mean the elimination or near elimination of a team who was touted as a Super Bowl contender in the preseason. The Indianapolis Colts traveling down to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Titans are a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. AFC South is a two-team race. It's Indianapolis and Tennessee. The other two teams are not going to be game this year for that division title Jacksonville, nor Houston. So it's a two-team race. However, right now, Colts are at 0-2, and, and if they go to 0-3, that could be a serious, serious problem, of course, especially if you go down to uh, to Tennessee, who would then move to 2-1. and 1. Now, in this particular matchup, you got Derrick Henry, of course, King Henry, who is so, so good, and showed that he is still dominant in this league with his fourth-quarter performance against the Seattle Seahawks on the road last week. And I think he can continue that dominance against the Tennessee or against the Indianapolis Colts uh, coming up this weekend. Now the Colts' run defense is quite good, um, and he has 201 rushing yards after contact this season because he is the most difficult running back in the league to bring down. And Indy's defense is good. However, they also are fourth in the NFL in missed tackles. Not a great sign when King Henry is coming to town. Look, this is a huge, huge matchup for Indianapolis and for Tennessee, but more so for Indianapolis, who may be going out onto the field without Carson Wentz. He sprained both ankles. I don't know how that happens. (laughs) He sprained both ankles in a single game, um, especially because I saw the play that he went out. He did get twisted up and stuff. He definitely sprained that one, but I don't know when he sprained the other one. But nonetheless, Captain Fragile continues to uh, remain on the sideline and be worked out uh, by the, uh, the training staff. And if he can't go... It's Jacob Eason because Sam Ellinger is still hurt for the Indianapolis Colts. So it would be Jacob Eason taking to the field against that Tennessee Titans defense, and I just don't know if he would have enough firepower to outscore Tennessee, which is what it's going to take in this game. I don't think that Indy's defense is good enough to keep them under 20, and I definitely don't think that Jacob Eason is capable of throwing three or more touchdown passes in this game. So I do like Tennessee to cover that spread, minus 5.5. In fact, uh, we'll talk about it in just a little bit. Uh, but uh, it may be may be factored into my lock of the week. We're going to take a timeout because uh, Mary's screaming at me right now. So i got to take a timeout. When I return, we'll continue with some more matchups in week three of the NFL and my NFL lock of the week with a twist. That's next. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. back to the Jeff Dean Show here. It's a football Friday on ESPN Tucson. We are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Got about 20 minutes left with you today before we break for the weekend, and a big weekend it is. I went through my Friday 5, my college picks, and now going through some of my NFL picks for week 3, some big games, and uh, we'll have the NFL lock of the week coming up at the end of this segment. Let's begin again, kind of picking up where we left off, looking at the biggest games in the NFL this weekend. And uh, a lot of people looking forward to this matchup, Buccaneers and Rams. Of course, the Tampa Bay, the juggernaut that is, the defending champs heading into Los Angeles to SoFi Stadium as one-and-a-half-point favorites. This is essentially the battle for NFC supremacy right now. I think most people would agree that these are the two best teams in the NFC, although the Cardinals and the 49ers may have something to say about that by the time the, uh, the weekend is over. However... If you uh, look at the eye test and look at just kind of how the teams have played, I think it's easy to agree that these are the two best teams uh, heading into uh, heading into this uh, this weekend. Now there there's been a lot of line movement on this particular game. In fact, I said the Buccaneers are minus one and a half, although that may have just changed. Let me let me just take a look here. Um, yeah, still one-and-a-half-point favorites. Okay, so I know some books have the Rams as a favorite. So depending on, you know, where you're getting your, your odds at and where you're going to your lean, um, obviously, you know, go with that. But uh, search around. Shop around a little bit because there are some good, some good promos and stuff to be had. Um, check out FanDuel Sportsbook. I think they're running a good promo on that game right now too. So um, the battle for NFC Supremacy. I love the matchup in this game between Chris Godwin and Jalen Ramsey. It's going to be a, you know, uh, a situation where Brady is going to try to beat the Rams over the top. I don't know if he's going to try to play underneath. Um, Tampa Bay has been able to protect Tom pretty well. And I think he'll, they'll be able to do so in this particular game. Um, I'm honestly, I I don't know where to pick. I'm just going to enjoy watching this game because they are both so, so good um, in what they do. Now, if you're looking at the like the betting trends for this game, if you uh, if you open that up and you're looking at you know kind of okay well where you know where are people putting their money right now? Uh, Tampa Bay favored by one and a half. The cover probability according to Pro Football Focus is about a fifty three percent for Tampa Bay, and that's where a lot of the money is going. A lot of people are betting the spread in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to cover that spread. I mentioned in my in my show yesterday on the show yesterday that there are some interesting trends as far as um, as far as this particular game goes, and it was that SoFi Stadium. Let me see if I can find it here. There was a there was a weird trend. SoFi is like, I think it's eight and one on the under. Is that what it is? Eight and one on the under. Yeah, eight and one on the under at SoFi Stadium. So that's something to look at. In fact, I think I think I have a. Same game parlay on that on FanDuel Sportsbook right now. I have a lot of bets out there. I'm having a lot of fun with uh, with FanDuel. But the under right now is the prevailing favorite amongst bettors. Um, 52% of the money coming in at uh, at the under with 47% coming in at the over. So a lot of people are jumping on that so-fi uh, you know, scoring drought, if you will. And I think, I think that is the play here. Um, without picking a, a winner, without picking a team to cover the spread, because I just – I just it's so close, I just don't know right now. Um I think that the Rams are potentially a better team, but you've got Tom Brady and Grob Gronkowski on the other side of the of the field, which is always difficult to contend with, which is why I would bet the under in this. I think the under is the better the best play here. If you want to throw it in as part of a of a parlay, you can do that, which is what I did. I have a three-game parlay including this game, uh, with the under on this. So look for that. I think that is kind of gonna be where you want to go in that direction. But it's, it's going to be a game you're going to be able to enjoy. Nonetheless, um, it is going to be a phenomenal matchup. And I'm just hoping that we get a great final product out of the, the hype of the game. And finally, Packers and 49ers. The Green Bay Packers traveling out west to take on the 49ers who finally get to play a game at home. They're one of only two teams to start both games on the road as the Denver Broncos also 2-0 and on the road as well. 49ers finally get to return home to San Francisco where they're going to be uh, having their home opener against Aaron Rodgers, who also is coming home to Northern California to play against his childhood favorite team, the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are currently favored by three in this game. And if you look at the betting trends on this one, man, it is like, you can tell where the Packers fans are and where the smart money is going because it's basically split right down the middle. The, the, probabilities of these you know of these teams covering are very low um, all the all the probabilities of covers are under 50% which is strange to think about because of the value that you're getting in, in certain different uh, in, in different markets now most people are betting the money line most people are the, the the favorite in this is the money line the 49ers getting 60% of the dollars that bettors are putting out there on the money line just to win the game straight up but if you're someone that likes to play uh, likes to play lines, that three-point uh, that three point favorite without the hook is um, it's a little dicey, little, <laughs> a little dicey. You know, 49ers, would, you know, there's, uh, there's obviously the uh, the potential for a push there, which most people would just rather stay away from. It's, you know, nobody in America likes ties. So, um, you know, can the 49ers can expose the, the Packers' deficiencies? That will remain to be seen. The, the, the Packers, I, I still don't know exactly what the Packers are. Are they as good as we saw them against the Detroit Lions? Are they as bad as we saw them against New Orleans? How good is New Orleans? How good is Detroit? They have one common opponent who they both beat like a drum, although San Francisco the results were very different. The scores were similar, but the re- the way that they got there was very different. San Francisco dominated Detroit for 58 minutes of that football game. I mean, just absolutely blew their doors off in Detroit on the road, whereas Green Bay had to make a comeback in the second half to win that football game the way that they did, and it didn't really start going their way until it started raining, and all of a sudden Jared Goff couldn't hang on to a football, and the uh, you know a couple of injuries happened for Detroit as well. They were also playing without Jeff Okuda in that game, who's out for the season. But, I, I, you know, I'm not ready to just sit there and say, well, the Green Bay Packers are going to be you know, the third best team in the NFC, because I don't think they are. Certainly not right now and I talked about it yesterday, I think it's obvious. I, I think most people would agree that Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC. After that, you've got all four NFC West teams, the Rams, the Niners, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals. All four of those teams, they're kind of interchangeable in those positions depending on what kind of football you like, what kind of star power you're looking for. I give the edge to the Rams because of the way they play defense and their, uh, their ability to throw the football on offense. They can't run the football for damn, but they can throw the football Matthew Stafford, uh, of course. But if they can't run the football late in the uh, in the season, they're going to run into trouble. They're going to have problems closing out games uh, at the end of the year. So that's something to keep an eye on. Now, the 49ers, when you look at this matchup, Nick Bosa, who is now fully healthy, is leading the NFL. I think he's either first or second in the NFL in total pressures. And according to his pro football focus grade, he is uh, he's currently, I think, third in edge rushers now Elton Jenkins who is the starting left tackle for the Green Bay Packers has played quite well uh, in place of David Bakhtiari so it'll be interesting to see that matchup right there because uh, Bosa's pressure rate is off the off the charts right now he's getting tons of pressure and he's beating tackles like a drum uh, in the first two weeks now the 49ers offense is efficient even though they're not able to run the football consistently with a a consistent tailback, at least. Uh, And Jimmy G has just been average. Uh, I would say average at best. But they're still averaging 7.5 yards per passing play, which is the seventh highest in the NFL. Um, And they're still running the football uh, at a a good clip as well because Kyle Shanahan's a wizard, and that's what he does. I I like the 49ers to win this game. I think it's going to be close. I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet this game though. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't bet my teams anyways, So that's you know, that's just kind of a rule that I have. I don't ever bet my teams. I can't be emotionally involved that way. But uh, you may look at it a different way. If you can get that three and a half, if you can get the hook three and a half, maybe the Packers are the play there to cover there because I think the 49ers win this game by two or three points. Now we have come to my NFL lock of the week. So far this season, I am two and zero in my NFL lock of the week. That's my one-pick, dead lock of the week against the spread. And this week, folks, we're going to change things up a little bit. I'm getting daring because I'm so good. Because I'm so good at this. I'm going to offer you a lock of a two-game parlay in the NFL lock of the week. And I'm feeling so good about this one, I've already put my money where my mouth is, folks. Listen, I I don't offer you bets that I wouldn't make myself, and I've already put this in my FanDuel Sportsbook app. I have already bet this two-game parlay for Sunday, and I love the Cardinals minus 7.5 over Jacksonville. Jacksonville stinks. The Arizona Cardinals are playing with a ton of confidence right now, and defensively, they're going to get after Trevor Lawrence. The offensive line in Jacksonville has been horrible. Chandler Jones is going to have a big day, in my opinion, and that secondary and the, the linebacking core continues to get better. Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons. Now, both Arizona Cardinals corners have been in and out of practice all week, whether it be Byron Murphy or Marco Wilson, the rookie. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure what their status is for Sunday, so that may cause some problems. However, I think the Cardinals' defense up front is good enough, and I don't think that Jacksonville's defense is good enough to keep the Cardinals under 27 points. So I love the Cardinals minus 7.5 over Jacksonville. And the second leg of that parlay – I just regardless if Carson Wentz plays for Indianapolis or not I think this is the this is the hard fall for the Colts that we're going to see this year. This is the the risk of having Carson Wentz as your quarterback is what we're seeing happen right now. They've been decimated by injuries early in the season. The offensive line is starting to round out but it's still not great. The defense has been good but it's been on the field a lot. And now they've got King Henry coming to town with the Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans are favored by five and a half in this game. And I, I just uh, I just think we're not coming to town. They're going to Tennessee, sorry. Uh, so I love the Tennessee Titans in this game. Five and a half favorite. Uh, five and a half point favorite at home. I like Tennessee to win this game by eight or more points. I don't think it's going to be that close. Tennessee is a different team in week three than we saw in week one. And I do think the Cardinals are just that good and just that motivated to beat a team uh, like Tennessee, and I do think, I've, I've felt all along that Tennessee was the best team in this uh, in this division, and I think they proved that on Sunday, sending the Colts to 0-3 on the season and maybe to the demise of their opportunity to win the NFC AFC South. Okay, so there you have it. My NFL Locks of the Week is a two-game parlay. Cardinals minus 7.5, Titans minus 5.5, book it, take it to the bank. Good luck. All right. We're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We're just talking with Valdez during the break. He's a Cowboys fan, you can tell. He's like, Jeff, I need you to tell me the Cowboys are going to be all right on Monday Night Football. I'm like, well, you're just going to have to go watch them yourself. At Famous Sam's on River and Lachoya with Spears and Ali this upcoming Monday night, as they're going to be broadcasting live from three to six. Kickoff is right around five twenty, 520, five twenty-five. If you will, you can watch the game on the forty-two televisions they have at Famous Sam's. Over twenty beers on tap, delicious food. Get the pastrami; it's worth it, totally worth it. Famous pastrami at Famous Sam's on River and Lachoya. It's a great, clean, and friendly spot to hang out with. Invite your friends and family to come with you, and uh, you can show them. The spectacle that is a live broadcast with Justin Spears and Ollie Farhang, as uh, it's always entertaining. And of course, the promotions team will be out there with swag for you to give. Uh, you know, give your family some free keychains or T-shirts or bumper stickers or whatever else we're giving away out there. I don't even know what we've got. I, I never get to go on remotes because I'm morning show. We don't have you know sports bars aren't open at seven o'clock in the morning for me to go and hang out and invite fans to come down and watch games and some of the some of the drawbacks of being on the morning show. But nonetheless, go check out Eagles and Cowboys this Monday night at Famous Sam's River in Lachoya with Spears and Ali. Should be lots and lots of fun. So we've talked plenty about football, okay? All the football you can possibly imagine here. We packed it into two hours, and I'm going to harp on something one more time before we get out of here because I'm just sick and tired of this. We've got some numbers now coming through, and, (laughs) again, this taunting rule in the NFL – The NFL continues to do things we didn't ask for. They've got now a playoff game scheduled for Monday Night Football in the opening weekend of the playoffs, where a team could potentially play Monday night and then a quick turnaround to Saturday night, which gives them a competitive disadvantage. We talked about taunting, things that the NFL does that people, nobody in the world asked for was more taunting penalties. Now, I was trying to count the amount of taunting penalties that I saw In week two, I wasn't counting them in week one, but I was counting them in week two. I counted seven. There was, in fact, eight. Through two weeks of the NFL, there have been 11 players penalized for taunting. 11. Now, some of you say, okay, well, how's that different from other years? Okay. I got got numbers for you. In 2020, there were 10 taunting penalties called. The entire season... Not in the first two weeks, the entire season last year. There were 10. And in 2019, they called 8 in the entire season. So far this year, they've called 11. And it went from 3 in week 1 to 8 in week 2. I can't wait to watch football on Sunday and watch penalty flags littered all over the, fle- the field for taunting and if we get, I don't know, what, 16, 20? Well, hey, what's the – you know, why stop there? Why not just throw one on every single play? I I just cannot for the life of me understand why the NFL is so fixated on taunting. What – what, what the, the, the officials can't say, hey, guys, break it up or don't do that? You can't do that anymore? You just got to throw a flag against them? Is that what we've become in the NFL in this society? The players don't care – I saw, I saw on Twitter, uh, what was it? I saw on Twitter the other day. It was earlier in the week. And somebody was like, well, it's really good for league safety because players get in fights. How many fights have you seen on an NFL field in the last 10 years? I mean, honestly, ask you, think about it. You've watched enough football in your life. How many, how many fights, fist fights, have you seen on an NFL field? Okay? You got, you got idiot Miles Garrett swinging a helmet. Okay, two years ago, but there was no taunting there. It wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like they were taunt. It was, I mean, that was a stupid, a stupid move by, a, by an idiot. I mean, but how many fights have you actually seen? Uh, was it really necessary? And and the officials can't break these guys up. Hey, guys, have enough? Break, move on, break it up. My God, it's getting so soft out there. Driving me crazy. All right, well, that's going to wrap things up for this week's edition, today's edition, and this week's edition of the Jeff Keats Show. Thanks to Mary and Valdez for all their work back in studio, keeping us on the air. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in. Be sure to tune in today from 3 to 6 with Spears and Ali, and I will see you guys on Monday for another edition of the Jeff Keats Show at on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN, Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back Monday morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.